0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. We are without producer Corey. He's slamming Red Bulls. The dude is just on the grind. But I've got my NBA best bets for our Wednesday slate. And we got a special little surprise for you guys. Tomorrow is Thursday and It's the NFL draft, and I told you we were going to have another draft preview. Well, we are going to be recording tonight with Dominic DeLeo, bringing him back. We're going to have that draft special out for you on Thursday morning. I won't be really talking any NBA on that, but I will hit you with those NBA best bets still for Thursday. So that way you at least get a little bit of that. NBA fix. Uh, but I know that that is going to be a day and that's a lot of, that's something that people have been interested in. That's something that people have been telling me they want more of. So I wanted to give that to you. I'm a man of the people I had to hit you with the draft stuff. So, so we'll do that. We'll do that a little bit tomorrow, but this is what we got today for the NBA slate. My favorite bets are Draymond Green to go over one, a half a three. Um, he, and I'm just gonna give you the analysis. Now he's hit this at about 67% in the playoffs. He's playing a lot more minutes. Um, you see his role change as they play that five man lineup where, you know, he's really running at the five uh, for the majority of the game. And he's actually hit this in three or four games the series and on uh about two and a half or two point three attempts per game. And if we look at this over the course of even the season, Draymond's been pretty good on this number against Denver. You know, he has he's only played them these games. But even dating back to last season, uh, Draymond has been an effective three-point shooter against Denver. Uh, he's even got a game with two makes in there so that's probably going to be around like 650 depending on your book um but look i like the spot for draymond and he should get some more minutes especially as defense is really trying to focus on the other shooters on golden state so that's going to take me to steph curry his minutes limit is off and we're going to be taking over 27.5 points uh look guy took 23 shots and 11 3s in game 4. So, he is just cruising right now. And look, I think the thing to consider here is that he's really just hitting this at a lot better pace and Denver's just gassed. Like I get that they won, they may they managed to get that win. They Jokic earned his MVP, which is ridiculous. Uh but when he's when Curry's been in the playoffs, this is a number he just cruises by. Uh, you know, the 27 and a half is low. He's hit this in two of three, two of four games, this series, and that's actually on a minute's limit. And if you look back at last year, you know, in the playing games that he had to do, he hit this as well in four of six. So I, I like the spot for Curry 27 and a half is still not enough. And that's going to take me to a little same game parlay action. We can take Curry three threes, clay three threes and Draymond six points. At plus 115, they've hit each of those numbers in every game this during this series. Uh, Clay just came off an absolutely nuclear game in game four. And Draymond's had at least six points in every game this series. So we're already backing Curry. We're already backing Draymond on a different prop. This is a nice little angle here. And I'm going to be pivoting now to Denver. And I, I hate fading Jokic, but I don't even think this is really considered a fade we're going to be taking under 20 and a half rebounds and assists. The only he's only hit this once this series and he's averaging 17 rebounds and assists per game. And looking back, even at last year's playoffs. So the two really is two MVP years. He's only hit this in two of 14 and he's averaging 16.7. The line is just too high. Denver really needs Jokic to score as we have seen because they just don't have a lot else. And when you don't have a lot else and like, look, Last game, they shot almost 50% from three, and he still went under this line. So this is a spot where you're not really fading him. You just are trusting that his role is different in the playoffs. So under 20 and a half rebounds and assists. But look, we are back. We're going to be talking about the big picture NBA stuff. I'm going to be giving out some serious stuff, talking about some different angles. But I'm going to victory lap our Steven Adams rebounds under. This is just that I was a cakewalk. That was just an absolute cakewalk. He even played four minutes for us the other day and had two rebounds. So it counted as a game played smash that under. That was awesome. But look, the Brooklyn nets have won as many playoff games as my New York knickerbockers. It's a great day. Uh, And not that I hate on the nets, but you know, we all know that RJ Barrett is the best basketball player in the state of New York. (laughs) This is just a great game. I mean, it was great. I mean, I told you guys to bet the Celtics. We liked the Celtics. We hit that. I was I'm a little surprised by the sweep. But honestly, if you look at this, this was just not a great matchup for Brooklyn. They don't, they didn't really pass the ball. And I'm really curious to see because Kyrie Irving said he wants to stay, he's gonna resign or whatever who knows, honestly, like, I I don't know if they're going to run it back. Like we really don't know. This is, this has been quite the basketball experiment with Durant and Kyrie Irving. And honestly, I think it's, you have to say it's a failure at this point. You know, it's three seasons. I don't want to be hot takey, but three seasons you pay these guys to win. And like, I get that they were the betting favorite. And we're going to touch on that in a little bit, but Ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Like a first round bounce right now with that team. And they were like realistically healthy. Um, you know, maybe Benjamin would have helped. I think he would have helped had he been healthy and gotten real reps and played, but they lost and they're out in the first round. So we'll, we'll see if they run it back next year, but I will tell you what, when you look at the books, and we've talked about this before. I've, I've told you guys about this. Like, you know, We are not heavy on the Nets. I don't think I've ever advocated to put a bet on the Brooklyn Nets this entire season. And a lot of it's had to do with the fact that like, just because the books make something a favorite does not mean that it's going to happen. And it doesn't mean that they should be the favorite. A lot of it has to do with their liabilities and how they're balancing their assets and how they are looking at the situation. So I think that that's something to consider. So anyway, look, that's something to consider. But with Brooklyn, anyway, um, in this spot, you had to consider the fact that they weren't really healthy. They didn't really play together. The books didn't move the lines. Now we're sitting in a situation where like, well, who is the title favorite? If you asked anybody that was actually like really betting the NBA, nobody was saying Brooklyn. We were all saying really the Golden State, the Suns, the Bucks. And those teams had great numbers. Now, what's become interesting is you've seen obviously all these lines shift. You've seen all these lines change. And now you're in a situation where you're like, holy cow, like, are the Suns, number one, are the Suns going to get bumped? I'm recording this prior to game five. But the Suns don't look great. I mean, I think you got to be concerned for a multitude of reasons with Phoenix. And one of them is the fact that they don't have a great shot profile. They take a lot of twos. They really don't take a lot of three-point shots. And if they – I'm going to give this caveat. I bet on the Pelicans in game five. If the Suns don't make adjustments and shoot more three-point baskets, they're going to – I think they're going to have lost this game. And we're going to be looking at the Pelicans up 3-2. And the Suns are going to have to go win game six in New Orleans. Wouldn't be surprised if Scott Foster makes an appearance. But – with that being said, if they change their shop profile, if they change a couple different things, like Phoenix can still win this, and if they advance, that creates an interesting situation because you're realistically going to get Devin Booker back probably midway through that series, where they're going to be playing um, the, winner, the winner of the Jazz and the Mavericks, but we'll touch on that series in a bit, but that like they have a chance still they're not i wouldn't say that they're down and out but obviously losing devin booker created a problem and i don't i don't think that i'm not the hugest like the biggest devin booker guy but devin booker and chris paul play very well against with each other because they're so good at hunting mismatches and they're so good at switching with each other and creating these shots like the shots they like to take are shots that opponents are going to give you because they're just lower percentage. They're not like plus EV shots, but they make them at such a high rate that it works. So we'll take it. Um, but in this series now with the Pelicans, you have Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum on the Pelicans, and you could argue that they are better shot getters than Chris Paul. And it's creating this situation where now the Pelicans really have the best players on the court because of what they can do. Chris Paul's getting older. We know that he's dealt with injuries. This is a, this is going to be grueling for him. And as much as I love DeAndre Ayton, he's not creating his own shot. He needs Paul. And it, it's it's quite the it's quite the issue, honestly. So, I mean, even if they win game, even if the Suns win game 5 and we're sitting here Suns up 3-2, the Pelicans aren't dead. They're not dead at all. Um they're going back home for game 6 in New Orleans and then anything can happen in game 7. So, I don't hate this situation for New Orleans and I think that honestly like if they don't win game 5 maybe sprinkle them at that point to you know get the series price you know it'll probably be at like 6 to 1 7 to 1 or just bet it on the money line and then roll it over because you're probably going to be looking at uh you know like a money line of maybe around plus 140 In game six, and then you're probably going to get like a plus like two something, like 270 number in game seven because of the home court advantage. So it's not crazy to just roll it into that. um, If that, if that's kind of more of the angle that you want to take, but looking at these other series in the West, uh, we'll, we'll touch on the West and we'll touch on the East. The Grizzlies Timberwolves series is very interesting. Um, At the time of this recording, I will tell you what the score is right now. It's halftime and the Timberwolves are up 55 to 53. Even if the Grizzlies pull this off, I'm telling you right now to bet on the Timberwolves, barring an injury. I'm telling you to bet on the Timberwolves to win this series. Um, Look, they're either going home. If if the Timberwolves win game five, they're going home for a closeout game six. And the Grizzlies have talked so much shit that like this is a spot where Minnesota can just dominate. They can win this game. Minnesota should be up in this series three to one. The, they blew this insane lead, and that's how you get this situation. Look, John Morant is not getting the shots that he wants, and he's not and part of the problem is I, I, you guys might have read the article that I put out for the Action Network but in, in, in the Round Table, where basically all of us, I think me, Matt, and Raheem are all on the wolves. But part of the thing here is the Grizzlies the things that they want to do they're being stopped from and their players are not as flexible or like fluid. I want to say because like you have guys that can get played out of series like Steven Adams and like that can happen on different teams. It usually happens with bigs, but Carl Anthony Towns isn't getting played off the court. So he's arguably, depending on who you ask the best player on the floor, um, I think at any given point and like no disrespect to job, but the problem with John Morant is he's not a great shooter. So, and, and like, he basically needs to drive to score. He needs, he needs to, um, he needs to score like in the paint. Like that's like really where his bread and butter is. And that's, you know, that's a good situation for him. Um, The problem is when you play the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're blitzing Ja and they're basically keeping him from scoring the basketball. So you need Desmond Bain to step up. You need Dylan Brooks to step up and not that Bain is incapable of doing so, but you have a guy who is a second year player and you're asking him to basically carry an entire offense. And Dylan Brooks is not the most efficient Of all offensive threats. And then when you pull Steven Adams off the court, you have the situation with Jaron Jackson, Jr. Playing the five or Xavier Tillman playing the five, and they can't stay out of foul trouble because, and it's like not a bad whistle thing. It's literally just, that's what they do. Like Jaron Jackson, Jr. Just fouls people, but he avoids that when Adams is playing the five, because he gets to play smaller players. So like, he's not being dominated physically. And when he's off the floor, that's taking away another offensive threat and it's putting even more like pressure on guys like John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks. And like, you're getting Brandon Clark minutes, but he's not like a big dude. So these guys are getting bullied by cat. Like cat can kind of do whatever he wants. Uh, So I I'm definitely, I definitely like the Timberwolves still in the series, even if they lose game five, you're going to get a great price on them. Uh, I, I really like the spot. I, I think they've been better, and I think had they not really blown that one fluky game, I think the adjustments have been a bit better by Chris Finch uh, in this series. So I, I like Minnesota. Look, I, I'm not even gonna spend much time on the Nuggets and the Warriors. The Warriors are gonna the Warriors are gonna advance. I'm not concerned with them. They, if you saw, I lost some money on them. In game four thinking that they were going to be able to come back the nuggets did every single thing right and only one by five and like they just there just is this sense of inevitability with golden state that isn't there um that we we've, we've missed f- before and isn't really there with other teams in the same way so i think golden state is is and should be the title favorite right now that death lineup is nasty. I'm very curious to see how they interact um, and how it, if this moves forward, uh, you know, when they play a team of a higher quality, uh, but they should have an edge over Minnesota or Memphis uh in the next round. But both of those both of those teams can present some interesting wrinkles for Golden State. And we'll touch on that once we know what happens there. Uh looking at the jazz and the Mavericks, the Mavs should be able to close out the series. I am stunned by the line. Uh, it opened at Mavs plus one and a half or plus two, depending on the book. And that was quickly, quickly, quickly bet down. I think you got to take the Mavs. They are shit pumping the Utah jazz. And I'm very curious to see whether Donovan Mitchell is going to play in this game. Um, you know, he got that MRI on his knee, but if you're the jazz, like you want to win this game, but you also are in a situation where they might be looking at it in like the GM management saying like, man, like we got to blow this team up and we don't want to lose the one asset that we can actually trade, which is Donovan Mitchell. So I'm very curious to see what they do in this spot, but I'm I'm all over the Mavs. I, I love the Mavs in game six. I think they close that series out. Now looking at the East, Touched on Brooklyn and Boston. Boston's awesome. Uh, Next, we're going to be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. They should close the series out. No problem. This game is today. Uh, I'm not concerned in the least bit about them winning game five. Uh, Zach Levine is going to be out with health and safety protocols. The spread is a little big for my taste, so I'm going to avoid that, Uh, but I, but, look, Milwaukee should win that game without any doubt. And that's great for them because they're going to get some time to rest up. Uh, You know, everybody can kind of rest. Everybody's kind of run a couple more minutes without Middleton and wrap themselves up. If Grayson Allen props are out, you better believe I'm betting them. So looking for Grayson Allen threes, look for Grayson Allen points. He's been absolutely smashing those lines. I haven't seen them yet. I'm going to take a quick look while I'm speaking to you, but I haven't seen any as of now, and they've been releasing them really, really close to tip. So uh, we'll, we'll take a look, but I don't Nope. There's nothing out right now. So they just don't want to give us, they don't want to give us these lines. They don't want to give us these grades and outlines, but definitely be taking them. Even if they're juiced, he's just been cruising over them. So uh, they've been setting him at like one and a half threes, which is just, it's an absolute joke. He smashes without Middleton. So enough about that series. We are going to touch Look, we're going to touch on the Hawks and the Heat. Miami really, un- like, has re- honestly been underrated. Like, I was a little disrespectful to them. Looks like they're going to wrap this series up right now while we're recording. And look, they're a one seed. They're good. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They want, they're going to win this matchup realistically. And, uh, you know, they're going to advance. They're going to take on the winner of the Raptors and the. Philadelphia 76ers. Now, the interesting thing about that series is we're at a point now where the pressure is really starting to switch, and you're seeing whether or not Doc Rivers and James Harden are going to blow another 3 1 lead or 3 0 lead, rather. Um, This is the first, this would be the first time. So Embiid's hand is definitely a problem. That thumb injury is significant and that's nothing to joke about. And I think that with that injury, you can tell like he's much more reserved uh, on the offensive side, in particular on the glass. And the prop that I've been giving out a lot is for him to go over three and a half turnovers. And he's like, I don't know. What this feels like for him, but when you have a surgery that's going, or you're gonna have you and you have an injury that is 100% going to require surgery, can't feel great. And it's in his dominant hand; it's his dribble hand. It's pat like that's the the hand that he's probably using to pass more, shoot more, whatever. You're gonna have a little bit less dexterity. And at three and a half turnovers, he's gone over this now in four consecutive games. You you have to take this; it's basically even money. So if you can get that bet in, definitely do so. Um, I, I really like him to do that. But the thing that's more interesting now is Fred Van Vliet's injury. His injury has really impacted this Toronto team because he was like, he was actually a minus 29 points per 100 possessions when he was on the floor during this series. And a large part of that is because his defense was so bad, it was just absolutely abysmal. But now, you don't have him on the floor and you have this situation where the Raptors can run out this lineup. That's full of like at these athletic wings that are just like, everybody's like six, eight. Um, you have Gary Trent, who's still like not a small dude. And then, you know, you're running out C Ockham Barnes, OG and Anobi, and then some mix of precious Achua, Ken Birch, whatever. So it's, <laughs> it's created this thing where now you have all these lengthy guys who can switch on literally everything. And it's it's like putting a, it's like clearly bothering James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. It's bothering all of them and they can all double. They can double Embiid effectively. So Embiid who historically does not deal well with a double team pause, but (laughs) he uh he historically hasn't dealt well with that and then now he's got a hand issue so you know that affects his dexterity and like how well he can you know manipulate the ball or like move you know dribble around move around move in the paint get to the spots that he wants and now you have the situation where you have all these guys that can cover him and also on offense they're a very tough team to cover because you can't you can't Switch on them because it's like you're just switching. You're just switching into a bad physical matchup, basically in any situ, any circumstance here. So if you look at the numbers, when the big the big thing has been when Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes are on the floor, um, they both can run point, they both can facilitate, they both can you know drive the offense. And when those two have been on the floor together during the series, if we actually Let's remove Fred Van Vliet here. If you remove Fred Van Vliet from the equation, they this combo in 115 possessions is plus 20.8 points per 100 possessions. That's insane. They don't turn the ball over. They're scoring 118.3 points per 100 possessions, and they're only allowing 97.5 plus 20.8. This is like not an insignificant sample size either of 115 possessions. And the thing that's most interesting about it is obviously in game one, Barnes and Fred Van Vliet played a lot of minutes together, but they really haven't since because you had Scotty was out with the ankle injury and then Fred only played like 14 minutes or so in game four. Yeah. In game four. And then, and when Scotty played, and then game five, Fred Van Vliet didn't play at all. So you're getting like, you're not looking, you're not really sorting out like bad possessions or like weird things. Like, this is just the game, really. So if we saw what happened in game five, there's like some legitimate concern if you're Philadelphia. Whether or not you can close out the series. I think I talked about this at one point. I put it out in my game one guide. And one of the big things that I put in there was I like the bet of the Raptors to lose the Sixers to win game one and the Raptors to win the series at plus 450. You can still bet on the Raptors at plus 590 to win the series. And honestly, it's not a bad bet because you, the money line right now for game six is about minus 100. It's not going to be higher than or uh, roughly about like, it's almost like even money or so the money line in game seven, even though it's going to be in Philly, the best you're going to get is like plus 300 maybe. And I think Fred Van Vliet being out is like a blessing in disguise. And with that injury, if these results are going the way they are, I get that he's an all-star, I get that he's, you know, like he's your big money guy or one of your big money guys. And he's like your leader, so to speak, starting point guard. I would hold him out until the next series. There's just no reason to leave him in. There's no reason to let him get cooked because he's just an absolute sieve on defense. And I think that Toronto is suddenly live in this series. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Nick Nurse makes really great adjustments. And I haven't seen Doc Rivers really make one yet. So without him doing that, I'm not really confident that the Sixers can pull this off, especially with all the question marks around this team. And the Embiid injury is very significant. Like should, okay, I'll put it this way. Should they win one of the next two games? Absolutely. Is it worth betting against that? Probably. And I think that that's a bet that you can take. Uh, It's going to be uncomfortable. Uh, It's not, if you know, you're know you betting on a team to beat history, but the thing is, if Embiid's not really feeling great and James Harden doesn't have the explosiveness that he used to, this becomes an issue for Philadelphia. And I, I'm not confident in that. So with that being said, I think you can, you can 100% sprinkle that play there. And I, I, really, I really just do not hate it at all. Um, so really here, if you're looking at these games, you've got some interesting situations where there's going to be some different rest spots, whatever we'll touch on that more next week. Um, but look, the team that I'm, I'm just very hesitant to bet on either of the Phoenix Suns or the Philadelphia 76ers at this point. And a lot of it has to do with the injuries and the way that they are adjusting and adapting to that. So I'm concerned about it. And I think that both the Pelicans and the Raptors are kind of live in these series. And a lot of it's having to do with the fact that, you know, there's significant injuries to some of the best players on either team. Uh, But with that, we're going to be looking at pods and wrecks here. And look, I got these things. I don't even know if this is a recommendation. I got these things. They're called Zevias. they're from whole foods. I'm holding this up. Like it's, it's only for producer Corey, holding this up. And I got this one. I, maybe somebody else can tell me if these are like if their other flavors are better. I got the cola flavored one. It's nice because it's zero sugar, zero calories, zero fat. Zero, I don't even understand what's in this. It's carbonated water, stevia leaf extract, tartaric acid. That sounds barbaric. Natural flavors, caffeine, and citric acid. It tastes like a soda, but to call this cola, when I poured this out into a glass, first time soda in a glass, so much better. But when I pour this into a glass, that's actually my recommendation. Pour your drinks into a glass with ice. Um, Besides that, when I poured this into a glass and it was clear, I've never been more dumbfounded in my life. So i think i recommend it it's like good for your soda fix but i'm certainly not addicted to it and i think that's the point but it's not bad it's okay so that's my that's my recommendation stay carbonated stay low-cal this contains caffeine we'll see you tomorrow let's catch that
1: I, I slapped my girl, she caught her feds. I did that time and spent that bread. I'm headed home, I'm almost there. I'm on my way, headed up the stairs. To my surprise, they're replacing me. I had to take them to that ghetto universe. All the lights. lights, top lights, flashlights, spotlights, troll lights, street. Lights. We met at borders, told her she'd take me back I'll be more supportive, I made mistakes I bought my head, and court sucked me dry I spent that bread, she need a daddy Baby, please, can't let her grow up in that ghetto university All of the lights stop lights, flashlights, spotlights, trope lights, street lights All of the lights, all of the lights Fast life, drug life, life you I want you to see all of the light